Amen. Uh, I am going to be speaking for the next, I don't know how long it will be, a few weeks on the book of James. It's been many years since I've done any kind of teaching or preaching out of James, um, the book of James, the epistles of James. And this come on my heart and on my mind, and I started thinking about it and uh, studying about it. And I said, the book of James is a great book that has to do with, I mean, it just gets down to the brass tacks. And it, um, it's one of the best books dealing with the principles of just practical Christianity. So with that on my mind, that's what I have titled this, James, Principles of Practical Christianity. And um, we're going to go through here as God gives us direction and guidance. And like I said, I'm doing this by faith tonight. I am 100% better, but I'm not over it all. Um, I'm still real easy to um, um, get a coughing spell. That's how I come I've kept myself from doing any singing tonight. <coughs> and not last night, but the night before last, I didn't sleep two hours all night long from the time I laid my head down to 3 o'clock that morning. I was just barking my head off. And um, I've always been, I don't know, it's always been uh, something for me when I get sick to the point where I have a cough. It takes me forever to get over it. And um, so you all pray for me. Uh, we welcome those that are watching by way of the um, internet at home. Um, I'm sure Sister Darlene's watching, so she can write down every time I mess up to remind me when I get back home. <laughs> Hallelujah. But um, we're going to just see what we can glean out of the, uh, the epistle of James. I want to start out, and I'm going to take my time, I'm going to go slow, but we want to um, get a little background about it and understand more about the book first. Now, first I want to talk about the timeline. And you may be surprised, <coughs> but uh, <coughs> most scholars believe that James is actually the first New Testament book that was written. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John um, were placed in where they was because they best bridged the gap between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, but just because Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John comes before James don't mean that um, they were written first. Um, most Bible scholars, if you study it out, um, view the letter James as being written sometime between 40 and 45 A.D. 
to give you um, um, a retrospect there. You know, Jesus um, um, was crucified around 33 and a half A.D. So James, uh, we believe, was written around 40 or 45 A.D. Um, now, there were several men in the New Testament uh, who had the name James. Uh, James uh, was a very common name. And, um, but um, as we investigate um, and, and see, uh, everybody wants to think about uh, James, uh, John's brother. You know, you had James and John. The son, who was the, the sons of? Somebody tell me. Zebedee, Zebedee uh, amen. And, um, but um, James, John's brother, had already been killed. Um, Herod had him killed. He stretched out. He was killed with the sword. You find that in the book of Acts. So this was not him. And uh, you had James, son of Alphaeus. And um, this uh, was not him. Most Bible scholars um, believe that this James was James, the Lord's brother, um, would actually make him his half-brother. Why would we call him his half-brother? Different fathers. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Mary Magdalene and, and Joseph, after the birth of Jesus, went on and had children. And um, I want to show you, mention some of his brothers right here in Matthew chapter 13, verse 55. Some people questioning Jesus, saying, How can this man be what he claims to be? Ain't <coughs> he the carpenter's son? <coughs> It's not his mother called Mary. Here's his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, Judas. So these were some of the brothers, um, half-brothers of Jesus. And um, we, uh, uh, we believe that it was James, the Lord's brother, um, who, um, who wrote this. And I might say something else that might be a, uh, a shocker to you. Uh, because and I thought for a long time before I began to really get down to study, I always, and the reason why I thought it, because Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and preached the first message. And um, I had in the back of my mind in my younger days that Peter was the pastor of the mother church in Jerusalem. But Peter was not the pastor of the Jerusalem church, um, this right here in the 15th chapter of Acts, uh, I don't have all the scriptures because uh, it ain't, it'll take too much time, but you can read the 15th chapter. There was a big council and a meeting called together at the church of Jerusalem to discuss some issues. And we find here James taking the lead. After they had become silent, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, listen to me. This is James, the Lord's brother, the half-brother. He was 
the, the pastor, the first pastor of the first apostolic church um, in Jerusalem. And he is the one who went on to write this letter um, in uh, the book of James. And as I said, it was written about 40 to 45 A.D. And um, it was written to Jewish Christians living outside of Palestine who were scattered everywhere under the persecution which arose at the death of Stephen. Um, and um, I want to um, you to notice something here in James 1 and 1. Here is the greeting. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings. If you open up your Bible to James 1, that's what you'll find. This letter was written to the Jews that were scattered abroad. Now, I'm going to tell you about that. I'm going to show you that. I think it's important, I believe, before we begin to really study any book of the Bible, these things we need to understand about the book so we can get a better understanding of the book. We need to know who wrote it, who it was written to, when was it written. If you know those things, you're going to have a better understanding of that book when you read it. Um, so, um, in the early days at this time, there were no Gentiles in the church. They were all Jews. Amen. In the, in the early days of the church, they were all Jews. Gentiles didn't come on, uh, on the scene to later on at a particular man's house that, that Peter was sent to. Who was that man? Cornelius. The door was open to the Gentile people. But James here wrote this book this letter to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, and that identifies 12 tribes you think about Israel. Um, what caused this scattering? Um, here's what didn't happen. Look at here. Acts chapter 8 and verse 3. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church. Who was this guy here called Saul? Who was he? He's the one later become Paul. He made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. This was right after Stephen was stoned to death. Okay, and then, look at here. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. These are the ones that James wrote to. Do you know that that church in Jerusalem, Brother Paul, before this scattering, probably had fifteen or 20,000 members? If you notice, they got 3,000 on the day of Pentecost. Brother Kyle, a little further on, there was another 5,000 added to them. I mean, it was growing like this. I mean, they were, they were coming in. They were growing, and um, but then persecution hit, 
and they were scattered everywhere because of that persecution. And so James wanting to try to keep some unity of the body of Christ, he wrote this letter and sent it out. And because he did, we got this book in the New Testament. Now, the, um, the letter of James is, is, is a no-nonsense New Testament book. James tells it like it is with no holds barred. That's one reason why we're talking about the principles of practical Christianity. I mean, James just flat tells it like it is. He doesn't seem to be concerned that he'll offend somebody. Anybody remember when we used to have some preaching like that? Hallelujah. I get tickled. I tell this story every now and then. There was a particular brother in our church um, talking with somebody on his job one time. This is why when we was over the old building. And the guy he was talking to says, Well, I don't go to the church um, no more because preachers, they don't, they don't tell the truth. They're, they're, uh, they're too, too scared they'll hurt somebody or offend somebody. And this particular fellow said, you need to come over there. I'm going to read the street to our pastor. He don't care who he hurts. <laughs> um, that uh, that kind of cut a little bit to me on my part, but... Um, um, I, I don't. My intention is not to hurt nobody, but um, hey, if the word is preached like it should be, it's going to step on some toes. I've had my toes stepped on a many a time. There have been some times when I come to church and I was going to be the one preaching. When I sit on the pew, I, I say, well, I just was go ahead and hold my feet up off the floor right now, Hallelujah, so I can get a head start. Praise the Lord. Well, I had a brother, and while I was pastoring up in Bowling Green, accused me for bugging his house. He said, I tell you what, preacher said, I know you done been in my house and you got you got some microphones and tape recorders hid in my house. He said, because just about every week you cover something we done talked about or did at home. But that's the Spirit of God. <coughs> Tonight, this first lesson, I'm going to talk about the gift of the challenge. You see that nice little pretty gift box there? The gift of the challenge. What in the world am I talking about when I talk about the gift of the challenge? That's what I've titled tonight's lesson. Now we're gonna we're gonna get started here. And we're going to uh, read James 1. Two, three, and four. 
and James chapter 1, verses 2, 3, and 4. And this is what we're going to be covering tonight, the gift of the challenge. He said, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Count it all joy? My, my. I've been through some things that I didn't think it was too joyful. But he's telling them here, he starts out by telling them, my brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete Lacking nothing. Now, if you got any spiritual savvy at all, and that you've ever wondered, like I have, why does God permit me to go through this or go through that sometimes? He answers the question right here. He lets us know why that we have certain things that we go through in life. <clears throat> Let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, with Brother Larry Flanner in mind, who likes the amplified version, and Sister Darlene, by the way, I just bought her a new amplified Bible. Uh, I want to read this again, and I got it on the screen. Consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials. Be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance, leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. And let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking in nothing. As I said now, if you're if you uh, if you got any spiritual savvy at all, you can see the answer to that question. Why God permits us to go through trials. And we're going to be talking about that, but now I read it in King James, and I just read it in the Amplified. I want to read it in one more modern translation, and you're going to see in this translation why I've titled this lesson tonight The Challenge um, the gift of the challenge. This is the message. Anybody ever heard of the message translation? Listen. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. Anybody ever felt like you've been hit at all sides at the same time? You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open 
and shows its true colors. Wow. I like that. One reason why I like it, it backs up something I've always taught. I teach something a little different than what I've heard a lot of people teach. Some people say our our trials um, and the hardships um, makes us who we are. And I've always said, no, our trials and hardships will show and prove who you really are. Hallelujah. It's easy for anybody to run their mouth and say, well, you know, I love the Lord. But when things begin to hit you from every side, but yet you keep on going for the Lord, you keep serving Him, hey, that proves to God and to the world that you're genuine. Hallelujah. That proves that when you say, I love God, it's not just lip service. It comes from down here. Because if it didn't come from down here, you would take a flight when things begin to hit you. Hallelujah. So, you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. That's why I say, people have been talking of years and years and years, Brother Paul, they use it as an excuse, saying, I ain't going to go to church. All them hypocrites are there. Well, if you go to hell, you're going to have them there. They sure ain't going to be in heaven. <coughs> Come on, somebody. Amen. But we're talking about perilous times. All the hardships and stuff and troubles that's coming upon the church, those people that ain't genuine and real, they're going, they're going to begin to weed out. God said he's going to send a shaking on the land that everything that can't be shaken be left standing. Hallelujah. We've already begun to see that transpire. Hallelujah. One more part of that. So don't try to get out of anything. Don't try to get out of your trials, your testing, prematurely. Let it do its work. Remember why I read it in King James? Let, um, let it have its perfect work. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficit in any way. That is good. That is so good. Yeah. Um, don't never go to a preacher and say, uh, I need more patience. Pray for me to give them. I learned better. There was, there was somebody come to the preacher one time and said, I, I need more patience. I laid hands on him and began to say, Give him tribulation, Lord. Wait a minute, Pastor. That ain't what I was asking. He said, The Bible says, Tribulation worketh patience. There's only one way it comes. So, we're answering the question of why God permits certain things in our life. Here it is right here. Resistance builds 
strength. This, this little fellow here is pumping the iron. Resistance builds strength. Um, nobody enjoys pain, hardship, or struggle. And the scriptures teach us that God has provided a victorious path for his children to walk in. Amen. So why do we find ourselves being submitted to adversity and trials in our walk with Christ? <coughs> it's an honest question. And the scriptures reveal to us the answer. We begin our Christian walk as a babe in Christ. Amen. We start out as a babe. Just as any newborn in the flesh, we are in need of nurturing and mentoring in spiritual matters. But the hold that the old nature has on us is strong and self-willed. The spirit man within us needs to grow strong so as to keep the fleshly nature or old man in check. How many are tracking with me there? When a person desires to build muscle or body mass, they begin to use resistance training or what we call weightlifting or working out. Amen. You imagine how much money is wasted every year? People joining gyms and paying for a whole year, and they go about three times, and that's about it. <laughs> you, got good, you, got, you got good ambitions, but, um, you know, the, the stickability falls away. Hallelujah. Amen. But if somebody wants to build their muscles, they got to they do some resistance training. What do I, what I mean by that? I, I looked it up and got a definition for you. Resistant training, listen to this, is any exercise that causes the muscles to contract against external resistance. External resistance with the expectation of increases in strength, tone, mass, and endurance. Amen. Like the muscles in your body need to be worked and exercise resistance to grow. Amen. If you want your muscles to grow, you're going to have to work them. They got, to have, they got to experience some resistance from an external force. And muscles that are not used will soon wither away. You ever seen anybody that's been bedridden for a long time? It's not a pretty sight. If muscles are not used, they're going to wither away. Now, I said that to tie it with this. 
the spirit man living within from the new birth needs to be exercised to increase his tone mass and endurance. (coughs) Hardships, spiritual struggles, and trials of life create that external resistance. (coughs) Pushing against the spiritual muscles, working them and challenging them to strengthen and to grow into spiritual endurance is achieved which in turn produces maturity in Christ, no longer a babe. There you go. We all get the same thing when we become a child of God. The Bible says God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Do you know God didn't give me a one bit more faith than he did you when, you, when we come to him? Now, me and Brother Douglas here, let's say we both come to the Lord and was baptized on the same day 20 years ago. I'm, I'm just making a, a point here. God dealt to both of us a measure of faith. We both started with the same thing. But 20 years down the road, here, am I, here I am say just puny as I can be spiritually, getting whooped up on every devil that comes down the pike, weak as water spiritually, can't overcome nothing. And here's Douglas. They, they, he does a lot of walking and jogging. He just, you know. Here I am sitting over here. <laughs> Harley can breathe. <coughs> How in the world? God must have gave him a double portion of faith when we come to the Lord. Now, I got the same thing as he did, but he's exercised it down through the years. Come on, somebody. He's worked that spiritual man. I hadn't seen it necessary. It's kind of like a natural life. When I should be down to the gym working out, I'm home eating a piece of hot apple pie and drinking some coffee. <laughs> I like my hot apple pie a la mode, too. And when I get through with that, I say, next time I'm going to go work out. But next time, Douglas is back down to the spiritual gym, I'm, I'm not eating apple pie. I'm home this time eating peach cobbler. <laughs> Hallelujah. We, do, we treat our spiritual man like we do our physical man a lot of times. Amen. Those people think they don't ever need to go to church. They don't ever hear, need to hear no word. Amen. They're the same ones that's always being whooped around the block by the devil all the time. Hallelujah. Now, Ephesians 4. I'm I'm, I'm fixing the wine things down to Ephesians 4 and uh, 14 and 15. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and cared about with every wind of doctrine 
by the slight of men, by the cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. I said, yeah, I believe you used that last week. Just remember that. But speaking the truth in love may grow up. Have you ever looked at somebody and just want to say, will you please just grow up? <laughs> Hallelujah. There have been times I wanted to quit preaching and come down and just look at somebody and say, will you please just grow up? If you'd grow up, this pastor wouldn't have to preach half as hard. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Glory. So this is the reason why God permits us. He, he allows the trials of life to help work something within us. Now, I want everybody to understand that trials, troubles, and hardship is not God's perfect will for our life. That's not God's perfect will for you. You've heard me teach the difference between the permissive will of God and the perfect will of God. I'm going to give you an example of that right here. God don't, God don't get no pleasure out of seeing me and you going through trials and struggles and hardships. He's offered something you great <coughs> that you can live victorious, have overcoming power. That's his perfect will. God developed other means for us to grow to maturity. There's another way for you to get spiritual mass and develop your spiritual muscles without having to go all through kind of crap in your life. God has designed a better way. Because we fail to come in line with the order of God under church ministry to produce our growth. Here we go. This is what's God's perfect will. It's not his perfect will for you to go through all that stuff for you to grow to maturity. God's got a, got a better way if we would only follow that way. Let's go, go back to verse 11. And he gave some apostles some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. For what? The perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect, that word perfect means mature, man unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. That's verse 13. Go back to verse 14. I read a few minutes ago that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. That is God's design for you and I to grow into maturity. He gives apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. 
the fivefold ministry. What are you saying, Brother Sammy? If we will listen to the Word of God as the men of God deliver it, we'd save a lot of trouble for ourselves. But because we're not always inclined to heed the Word of God when it's preached, or taught by the ministry God has placed in the church, God has given His body a gift. A challenge, a gift to challenge us, to give us a nudge and push us in the direction He desires us to go. So I'm concluding by telling you, as long as I have issues in my life, it's a good indication that God thinks that I still got a little more to go. But if I would listen to the Word of God by those who preach it and teach it to me, that preaching and teaching of the Word of God, if I will listen to it, will cause growth, and I don't have to go through near much of this other junk. How many follow what I'm trying to say? <coughs> Nowadays, it, it's so hard. Back in Brother Hale's time, the people he preached to, they accepted it, they believed it as the Word of God. Nowadays, when I get up and God gives me a message, hey, you, if you don't think um, uh, that, that the minister can't feel stuff that's caught in the congregation and thrown back at him, you got another thing coming. There's a lot of times, on the way home from church, I tell Sister Darlene, I says, I almost got hit myself by somebody throwing it in back. Hello, somebody. Because you know what we got to deal with today? When God gives, uh, gives us a message to preach to the church, still the people back in the congregation saying, yes, Lord, that's your word. Help me to do that. They sitting back there today, well, I don't care if he preaches that or not. I don't feel condemned about that. I'm going to tell you, it's going to come a day that the words that are ministered to you from the Word of God, you're going to face. It don't matter if you feel condemned or not. If the Word of God says it's wrong, it's wrong. It don't matter if this preacher ever preaches against it or not. If the Word of God says it's wrong, it's wrong. And every man is going to be judged by the books. There are 66 books right here. And that's what we're going to be judged by. I don't feel condemned over that. Or if they ain't saying that, they say, oh, that's just his opinion. Go ahead and keep answering stuff that way. And then you're going to keep going through the trials and the hardships and the struggles. Because guess what? Even though you don't listen to God's preacher... God still loves you, and he's going to say, okay, if you're not willing to line up to it as it's preached, I guess I'm going to have to have a little trial to hit you here to give you a nudge to push you on. Because if you're really a child of God, 
God's going to do whatever it takes to get you and me both lined up. Hallelujah. Amen. And I'll, I, I, I'm happy tonight that I know God loves me enough to chastise me when I need it. To get me lined up. We're going to stop at that point tonight. Uh, so the gift of the challenge.